Hello everyone and welcome to 1v1 with Boss Rush Games. I'm your host, Celeste Roberts. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Heath and Jamie Britt, active duty sailors in the United States Navy and hosts of the E14 podcast. Joining me as co-host is Leron Dawkins of Boss Rush Games Crossroads, the PlayStation podcast, a former sailor himself. So good evening everyone. Thank you for joining me. Thanks so much for having us yes, on. Thanks, yes. guys, for having us. Yeah, uh, the E14 podcast and I have been following each other for a few months now. They, they started their podcast, I believe, earlier this year. And I saw that they are also in Louisiana. So I got really excited because I don't know too many other people on Twitter who also live in Louisiana. <laughs> right, right. It's true. You're right about that. Yeah, it's a big city thing, I think. <laughs> it is. Only the famous people, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like the famous cities like New York and San Francisco. But no, Laurent's not. I don't know if you're in a big city. Is it considered a big city? Technically, uh, technically, this area is. Uh, I'm, I'm in Newport News, so we're, we're right on the other side of Norfolk. Um, and basically, yeah, like we we try to make ourselves all fancy and stuff. We call ourselves the Seven Cities because you got you got you've got Norfolk, you've got Chesapeake, Virginia Beach, Portsmouth, Newport News, Hampton, Williamsburg, and then if you want to go extend it outside that range, you got Yorktown, you got Moyoc in North Carolina, and all that stuff. So yeah, so yeah, like we we try to make ourselves we we try to make ourselves seem like similar to like New York. All I heard was Navy Station, Navy Station, Navy Station, Navy yeah. Station. All I heard was Naval Mecca. Yeah. A Mecca of a movie. Yep, for real. Wow. Yeah, besides besides the fact that uh, basically basically every branch of the service is out here, uh like 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 right here where I'm at Newport News, uh, I'm like I'm like 15, 20 minutes away from Langley. We've got Fort, we got Langley Air Force Base. We've got Fort Eustis. Uh, we've got uh, actually the the Marines are all on the naval bases and stuff like that. But you know, like you you know, with with the Navy and the Marine Corps, you like you can't you can't like swing a dead cat without hitting like a, a, a sailor or a jarhead. So you know that's that's the way it goes. Yeah, we signed their paychecks. Yeah. Did you yep. get the Space Force out there yet? Uh, the who? The Space Force. Uh, NASA's got something going on out there because we're, we're yeah because NASA NASA and Langley are doing are doing something so um, I'm not sure specifically because I think they're still trying to keep it under wraps and everything but we've we've heard about pro uh, proposals and stuff out here. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Oh wow, that's cool. But, yeah, well you know that was that was number 45's thing. I'm not sure what number 46 is thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So, so Jamie and Heath, are y'all originally from Louisiana or are you here for work? You know, I am originally from Louisiana. <laughs> Proud Louisianian. I'm from Alexandria area, uh, Rapids oh, Parish. Nice. Yes. She's not. Nice. She's a Texan. She's, yeah, in case you couldn't tell from the way he talks. He I'm is from, from the great state of the boot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm from the even better state of what part of Texas? I'm an army brat, so I grew up in various places all over Texas. South of Houston, about an hour. It's called Bowling, Texas. It's yes. like literally, no, are you, you kidding you me? You never heard of Bowling, yeah. Texas. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, still have, I still have family out in Texas. I still have... <laughs> we have one four-way stop and a red blinking light. Do you know what? <laughs> 
that sounds like a lot of towns out in Texas, though. <laughs> you know, I thought I was from a shit town until I went to Jamie's hometown. It's not shitty. Oh. It's, it's just very small. <laughs> well, when I say that, it's a term of endearment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, now, 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 technically, I have not been or seen Bowling, Texas, but I used to work for UPS and I used to track packages and stuff like that. So, Bowling, Texas is a is a okay. is a location that I know about. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, they do have a post office, that's for sure. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's right next to where Jamie grew up. <laughs> do y'all have a Walmart, though? That's when you know you've made it. Oh, no. No, I don't have a oh, Walmart. No. Oh, see, you, oh, you had to drive to another town for a Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> 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 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> the joys yeah. of small town life. But, all right, um, Jamie and Heath, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves and... What is the meaning behind the name of your podcast, and what made you decide to start a podcast? Want me to go with it? Yeah, please. Okay, so I actually, when the, I'm a recruiter, I'm a Navy recruiter. I know we call ourselves the dark side. In fact, <laughs> when I, when I uh, enlisted into oh, yeah. this uh, <laughs> community, I dressed like Darth Vader because <laughs> I sold my soul to the dark side. But anyways, uh, when the pandemic hit, we still had to meet our our quotas and our goals and, and all of that stuff. And it was really, really difficult because everybody was in their house and they were shut in and we still had to find a way to reach people. And so a few of my friends and I started a podcast called Outside the Uniform Podcast where we feature like um, artists and comedians and singers and songwriters and different military members that are doing things outside of the uniform. And we were doing that for almost a whole year before Heath and I decided to start the podcast. And it was really, we were locked down. We couldn't go on dates. We couldn't go eat out. We couldn't go shopping. We couldn't do anything. And so one day I just looked at him and I said, hey, do you want to do a podcast? So I had all the equipment. And he said, yeah. And we've always joked because we're both active duty. My rank is E6 and he's E8. And so we've always joked that we get paid as an E14, mm. which doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. I, d I did the math. <laughs> Yeah, you know when uh, when Celeste first told me about you guys, I saw E14, and I was like, okay, that's definitely a play on uh, that's definitely a play on on rank and stuff like that. And then I was like, okay, let me think about this. And and I was thinking, I was thinking, I was thinking, uh, I was thinking a chief and a, a second class. <laughs> I was wrong. Wow. <laughs> I know. Thank you. I look so young. <laughs> <laughs> you do actually. What's your secret? <laughs> I don't know. Stress is not my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so for someone like me, I've, I've never served in the military. What does E stand for and how are the ranks? Okay. Well, uh, E is enlisted. So there's officers and there's enlisted, right? So the E1, E2, all the way to E9, that's enlisted. And then the rank one, two, three, four, all the way up to nine. And then when you go to officers, it's O, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever. It's officer. The O stands for officer. The E stands for enlisted. Okay. Okay. Right. Wow. So what made you both decide to join? Well, actually, all three of you. What made you decide to join the Navy and why that particular branch of the U.S. Oh. military? Go ahead, LeBron. Go ahead. I have the most generic story. Like. <laughs> 
I'm an, ar- I, I'm an army brat, so I, I grew up on military bases and stuff like that. My dad was a career soldier and stuff like that. So, you know, like once I got old enough and was in high school and stuff, I was in ROTC and stuff like that. And um, I just liked the idea of the uniform. Thought I was going to be, thought I was actually going to be putting on an army uniform, but uh, but my dad, my dad talked to me, you know, because he, I, I feel like he was afraid that, you know, someone, I was, I'm not like, I, I, I was pretty good in school. Uh, I had decent grades. I was an A and B honor roll student, stuff like that. And I think my dad was afraid at the time because I enlisted in '93. I think at the time he was afraid that I was going to get caught up in, well, you know, the war, the war. The war in the Middle East is now well, it used to be a skirmish back when I was first getting in. And right. now, you know, now, you know, we're sitting there, we're trying to figure out, like, what's the best way and the most efficient way to pull our people out without destabilizing the region. But anyway, my dad was uh, my dad was afraid that uh, that I was going to join the army and either find myself in infantry or just be a glorified like tank mechanic or something like that. So he was like, OK, look, we got a couple other we got a couple other recruiting stations out here. Let's let's go take a look at what's going on out there. Let's see if we can get you into something a little a little more a little more fitting for what you've been doing in school and all that stuff. And um, it boiled down to, ultimately it boiled down to like the uh, to the Air Force or the uh, or the Navy. And uh, the Navy, the Navy had the better package because with my with my grades and how um, how I'd done in school and stuff, like they were they were trying to get me for the nuke program, which they did get me. <laughs> they got me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so honestly, that's my story. I only did I only did my my six years in, uh, and then I then I got out because um, ultimately what happened with me, growing up growing up military and stuff, you know, like you back pre pre nineties growing growing up military and stuff, like uh, like what. What I was always, what I was always seeing, what I was always shown is that you know, like a lot of times, it's it's not, it's not who you know, but what you know. So you know, go in, put the hard work in, things like that. I wound up getting in when the military was transitioning more to like it. It it felt very political for me, and it was it was very culture shock for me. And it took me a while to like wrap my head around the fact that you know, like you know, like somebody who you know is a bookworm and stuff. Like you gotta, you gotta you. You got to know how to hobnob and, you know, things like that, but also still do your job, you know, stuff like that. So I just had a hard time acclimating. Um, I, I, there are some days when I feel like if I join another branch of the service, it may have worked out a little differently. But chances are with the way the military just shifted for me at the time when I was coming in, it just wasn't a good fit for me anymore. So that's, so that's why I only wound up doing six years. Wow. Well, what about uh, you guys, Heath and Jamie? Oh no, did they freeze up a they little freeze. bit? I think they froze. <laughs> oh no. That happens sometimes. Let's see if we can get them well, uh do you wanna you wanna wait for a second? Yeah, I'll wait a little a little bit and I can restart the call if I need to. They That's might be they might be going on about a lot of great stories and we can't. Yeah. Even hear that's them. that's funny because I was like, well, I did my six years and got out, and I was like, uh oh, did I? Did I? No, <laughs> I think, no, I, I, think no. I just rubbed them the wrong way. <laughs> no, I no, think you're fine. no, as a no, as a as a as servicemen, we kind of we kind of we kind of get we kind of get in our ways about you know like how people like view the view the military and stuff like that, like. Like I, I definitely enjoyed my time, man. It was just that, it was just that I just never, I just never acclimated fast enough to the change, to the change of, of, the change of views with the military. And, you know, um, there was a scandal going on. Uh, well, there, 
I joined right after a scandal had happened called the Tailhook Scandal, where basically it was a bunch of, of higher enlisted and officers. Like there was a, just a whole – there's just rampant sexual harassment going, going around and stuff like that. And that's what caused the uh, Secretary of the Navy, the Secretary of Defense, and, and – um, and some, the chiefs of staff to say, hey, we need to buckle down on this because, like, we, we've got more and more women in the military now. This stuff can't happen. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was the other thing, too. Like, um, like you know, like, uh, as a kid who was in high school in ROTC, you know, there's boys and girls everywhere, you know. Like, uh-huh. we we learned that stuff, you know, while in ROTC. We learned, you know, we, we learned etiquette, you know. You know, you know uh, respect respect the other genders and stuff like that, you know. Um but you know, so like a lot of older people, maybe who um, weren't. Yeah. We just heard from Ron Dawkins about his time in the Navy and Ethan, Jamie, what about y'all? What made you decide to join Go the ahead. Navy? Why that branch out of the other branches? Well, I actually, um, I went to college because both of my parents were educators and that's what you do after high school. You go to college. So I went to Sam Houston State in Huntsville, Texas and uh, graduated with a criminal justice degree. But I tell the kids this all the time. I'm like, do not get in the clutches of a criminal justice degree because it is the most worthless degree (laughs) on the other side of college that you could ever think about because without the job experience, it uh, it just doesn't correlate to anything and so my sister was in high school at the time and she actually was talking to a navy recruiter and my dad was a marine so um with my sister talking to the navy recruiter i just was like "Hmm, let me talk to him you know and so he showed me this video about let the bodies hit the floor and like all these fast boats (laughs) driving around and i was like sure sign me up what's the first thing out of here and he signed me up for uh, with a college degree for undesignated semen, which was back in the day. And I was like, "Cool, I'm out wait, of wait, here." Wait. <laughs> yeah. Wait, he wait you were you had a college degree and they didn't even talk to you about OCS? Nope. But she got screwed. So All I right. went to I went to Meps and I'm signing my undesignated semen paperwork, and um, that some guy comes up some. Some guy, I say some guy, he's probably like a chief or senior chief or officer or something. He's like, you didn't want to do officer? I was like, yeah, I'll listen to what you got to say. And, and he was like, well, it's too late now. You already enlisted. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I went to boot camp about a month later. And um, and I had, a, I had a son at the time. And uh, he, he needed health insurance and stability and that sort of stuff. So that was really my driving force, plus the fact that nobody wanted to hire me with the criminal justice degree and my job experience from Wendy's. So (laughs) (laughs) I set off to uh, Great Lakes, Illinois, and then I was like, what is an undesignated seaman? And and they said, well, you're going to go out there and, and do whatever they ask you to do. You know, we've revamped, the Navy has revamped this program now. But back in the day, it was literally just chipping paint and, and I don't know, making oh, yeah, coffee, scrubbing oh, floors. You're a, a bosun mate. <laughs> no, no. So no, I was work. like, I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, undesign- yeah, undesignated means like they just put you wherever they, wherever they want wherever. and then you just do every like, job. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. It's so <laughs> they, they give this like, you know, if someone stubs their toe in boot camp or they can't graduate, they have all these different jobs that are available and they allow you this one chance to 
to fit into this job. And mm-hmm. so I was like, give me something, anything. I'll take anything. I don't want to paint. And so they were like, how about air traffic control? And I was like, well, yeah. are those the ones with the flags? <laughs> and they were like, here, read this paragraph. So I was like, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> I thought I was going to be doing like the signal flag. <laughs> Oh, anyway, uh, air traffic control is what is what I ended up enlisting as or, or getting out of boot camp and going to a school for. So and it turned out I went for a great job. I wouldn't recommend going the way I went, um, but it, it worked <laughs> out for me. Yeah. Like as soon as you said air traffic control, I was like, oh, wow, you got like a cush one. <laughs> yeah, well, it worked out for me. I don't recommend yeah. anybody else trying my approach <laughs> to enlistment. <laughs> What about you, Heath? Well, um, I joined a few years after LeBron did. I joined in 96. So uh, I went in. I I was married previously, and uh, my wife at the time was pregnant. I needed health insurance. I was sweating because I I had a high school degree. I did not have a college degree. I had a high school diploma, and it was slim pickings for jobs. And you're lucky to get a job, and then you're even luckier if it comes with health insurance, which you know most of them didn't back then. So I went to the recruiting office. I talked to the Navy. I talked to the Marine Corps. I tried to talk to the Air Force. I couldn't find them. Mm-hmm. Um, then I, I talked to the Marine Corps, said, you could be a tank mechanic. I'm like, I ain't down with that. I'm good. And then I went to the Navy and I had a decent ASVAB score. It's the score you, you, mm-hmm. you take so they can put you in a job, right? Depending on how good you did. And they said, well, look at this, ET, electronics technician. I said, tell me about it. Because well, air conditioned spaces. I said, sold. <laughs> so. <laughs> Because I've been working in, I'm from central Louisiana, the land of all the nurseries, the plant nurseries. That's what, that was my summer jobs. And I was ready for some air conditioning. I didn't want to, you know, I just know it's hot and I like to be in air conditioning. No, they offered him nuke. They tell, offered me nuke. but Tell Ron tell, tell what you did. I was like, you know, I'm from central Louisiana, just in my defense. I said, no, I ain't having a third arm grow out of me. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> Keep that shit. Oh, you know what? No, I thought about, I, I thought about that too when they were, when they were talking to me like uh, like like if uh if you ever if you ever talked to my mom like 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 she says like I gave her like a weird look when they said going nuclear because I was like wait I I know what that means <laughs> that means, yeah. that means I'm not gonna have kids like right it's gonna well, be green <laughs> I thought I thought I was gonna grow grow an arm out of one of my eye sockets you know I mean I told them to keep that shit they can have it I'll take et which oh, you know shoot uh. Eat, uh yeah. Uh, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think my uh, sign-in bonus for Nuke was like 33,000 33, after, oh God, ap- after the initial, uh, you know, at, at, by the, by the time I come out of school, like that would have been, that would, I would have got the full sign-on bonus. Yeah. But oh he told him to keep that shit. <laughs> keep that shit. I, I, I said, no money's worth my health. I was saying, I was making, I was taking a stand <laughs> against what I don't know, but I was taking a stand. <laughs> So what is it about the Navy that made, well, it sounds like you were kind of drawn to it for, you know, the health insurance reasons and everything. And LeBron heard from the experience from his dad, but. Yeah, I got peer pressured by my dad to, <laughs> to, to right. not be like him. Exactly. He's in the army. I get it. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I always wonder what makes people decide to join different branches of the military. I, the closest I have to family and military is my cousin's husband is in the coast guard and he's going to be yeah. retiring next february with either 19 or 20 years wow that's good. yeah yeah he's yeah. been doing it 
It's He's been doing it for a long time. He, um, I was like, are you sure you don't want to go till you're about 60? He goes, no, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Honestly, I'd stay in until I'm sick if I could, but they have something called higher tenure. Yeah. So oh, really? At E8, you can do 26 years. And if I don't make E9, I'll retire in October at 26. And if I do pick up nine, I'll retire in at 30 years. So four years after that. So October of 2020, whatever, 25, 26. Yeah, but if he keeps falling on all his runs, I don't know if yeah, the I'm neighbor want to keep him anyway. Yeah, I've had some issues. Yeah, I can't, I can't even walk straight. <laughs> That's so the rum. <laughs> is, it, is it normal for people to stay like um, quote unquote a regular job where they they work thirty plus years and then they retire, or is the Ron's track more common? I think it just really depends on the person. Um, for us, it, it, it's I always say this: life's a game, right? School's a game. If you figure out how to play the game and you figure out how to do it well, it becomes easy. And so uh, for us, we we figured out how to when to when to uh, do the battle and when to do the war. You know, we figured out how to to maneuver ourselves in this game called the Navy. And um, for us, it's we call it a gravy train. I was like, uh, uh-uh, don't get out until they they make you get out because yeah. the money is good and it's just. It's easy. You show up, you do what they say, you wear what they say, and you don't make waves. You know, I was going to get out in my last command, uh, but then I picked up senior chief, uh, and then I was like, or E8, and then I was like, well, I got to give back the Navy. They selected me. I got to give it back to them. Mm-hmm. And then COVID hit, and I was like, yeah, man, all these people getting fired, getting laid off. I was, mm-hmm. I was so happy to be in the military. I was so happy. I mean, we yeah. were, it, it was actually a little harder because we were doing more with less because they have the minimal manning and different shifts due to COVID and coming in contact. You know, they had to do their mitigation uh, for, for health reasons, but at least I was getting paid the first and the 15th. So mm. I was pretty happy about that. And it opened my eyes. If I can stay here, where I know I'm going to get a paycheck, you know, and do, you know, and I, and it's a job I still enjoy doing. I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing it if I can, you know, so what is a day in the life like for an, an active duty sailor? Is it Monday through Friday? Is it weekends? <laughs> oh, you're, you're in for a treat. You're in for a treat. Go ahead, Laurent. Yeah, go ahead. You go first. What you have okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, well, by trade, the military is a 24-7 job. Now, now that I've said that, though, it doesn't mean that, you know, like you're always you're always on base or on your command or whatnot, you know, all, every day, every minute of, of, the, of the week and all that stuff. Uh, but basically, but basically, like it, you, it's almost like a nine to five, depending on your division or what you're in. Uh, but it's it also like the working world. Like you, there are shifts as well. So you got first, second, third shift and, and so on and so forth like that. Now, where they get you, though, is, is this little thing called duty section. duty section means no matter what day of the week it is like you know like if it's your duty section you're on you're on the well in the navy you're on the command for an entire 24-hour rotation and guess what if uh your 24-hour rotation ends on a weekday technically you still have to show up to work you might get a little bit of time to yourself you know like rest or whatnot but uh you're there. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if it's the weekday, if, if it's a holiday, if it's the weekend. <laughs> Duty section will get you in there. And some people, and the the command I was on, because I served on a ship called the USS Wasp. The command I was on, we had, 
we had we had typically what's called four section duty, which means that which means that every four days you're 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 on your twenty four hour shift. Uh, but the wasp went from six section duty to three section duty to four section duty, and you know there was like no there was like no no medium point, you know stuff like that. So um, but yeah, like um, it it honestly is like depending on what you're doing, like it is it honestly is like uh like basically like some people have desk jobs, some people have you know some people have desk jobs, some people have like me- mechanical engineering jobs stuff like that. Uh, as a nuke, I was considered an engineer. <clears throat> And um and there's other there's other things in between like you've got you've got you've got pilots, uh you've got all sorts of all sorts of stuff you've got you've got some pretty interesting jobs like um I didn't know I didn't know Navy had meteorologists no. when, before before I signed up you know I didn't know they had stuff like that you know um so yeah there's it's there's a vocation for almost everybody in any any aptitude you just gotta make sure you know what you're getting into when you sign up <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Max. Well, I so I uh, did my six years and I got out um, and I went into the reserves and then came back in just recently on uh, active duty. But my six years was on the shore command, which is primarily where air traffic control earns its meat and potatoes. Because when you go out to sea as an air traffic controller, if the planes aren't flying, you're not work- working, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, but on shore duty it is every day and we actually follow FAA rules so we can only work you know so many hours per day before we had to have ample amount of time for crew rest because they had, a, had to get a nap yeah well we we, we were just the same as pilots we yeah. had to do that same thing that the FAA mandated our so ours was usually a 73 or three to uh, three to eleven um and then some other places had 11 to 7. We didn't, uh, but 73, 3 to 11. In one week, you'd do 7 to 3, 7 to 3, 7 to 3, and then the next week, 3 to 11, and you pick up the second half of it. So that's what we did on shore duty. Um, but it was hard work. It wasn't, it wasn't the same as our counterparts who were controlling out to sea. So. Yeah, so... I've been on shore duty. I've been on ships. Uh, my first ship was a Lincoln, which wasn't too bad. Uh, we were in eight section duty until we went and deployed. Then we'd be on four section duty in foreign ports. But the thing that really got hard is when I made chief and I became a section leader. Then you pull into Thailand and with Marines on board. <laughs> I already know. I already know where this is going. I already. Know I didn't sleep. Going. I didn't sleep. I never slept. I was up because I would try to catch a nap, you know, when I could. And oh yeah, I wouldn't stand. I might even stood a watch in there because we were so undermanned. I might throw in a four-hour watch here as section leader, and I'd have my buddy take section leader while I was on watch. But I tell you, about midnight to about three in the morning, it was it was like Times Square mayhem, mayhem. <laughs> Table coming in and coming out, drunks everywhere because you're in Thailand. It caught you can get drunk on twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. And people are coming in hammer drunk, and they can't climb up the brow. Then, then you know, I piggyback people up up the stairwell to get to medical. I mean, it's crazy. I got I'm a 35 year old man piggybacking some 20 year old kid. Because, <laughs> 22. He was of age. He might have been 22, 23. But 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 really, it was I never slept. And then I would come back. That was at midnight. Then I I'd come back at one. Then I'd come back at two because each pay grade had different time time frames they had to be in by. So if you're a certain rank, you had to be in at midnight, certain rank had to be in at one or two and then three or four or whatever. So yeah, did that all night. Yeah. Marines don't know how to act. That is, yeah. that is, that is the truth. That's the truth. 
Oh my goodness. That was the hardest, but that was in three section duty. But you know, it wasn't, I mean, it's almost like you become institutionalized because you, you get used to it. Mm-hmm. Right. You can, y'all can account yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. You get used to it. So when you go to shore duty, you're staying duty once a month. You're like, wow, this is it's freaking great. Once a month I have duty. And then it's not that duty. You're not that bad of duty. You're just kind of taking, you know, driving around base. And walking the, and walking the building, walking the buildings. It's really easy compared yeah. to dealing with, you know, drunk ass sailors or Marines and, <laughs> and having to you know, babysit them. Yeah. I remember I dropped this sailor. Or, I can't remember sailor. Marine. I dropped him off in medical. And I was like, look, in the, in the HM, the corpsman, the doc was like, again, I was like, well, you know, I don't want to put them in the rack. I'm afraid they might, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. So I would, I wouldn't make the doc watch them. I would find a sober like person that works with them. Hey, you need to go home duty. You need to go sit with these guys. And then I would check on them. You know, then I was still checking on them. So I wasn't sleeping. I was still checking on them to make sure, you know, they were good to go. I mean, that was, but you know what? It's all part of learning. It was fun. It was it, it was memories you make and and things you learn along the way. I wouldn't change it. Wow. So is life a little bit more, quote unquote, civilian like now? So do you do, are you able to clock out and just relax now and enjoy your weekends? Well, I I can I can right. You know, I'm in I'm at a command that they get weekends off. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty blessed to be where I'm at. This is considered sea duty for me. And I never, I might go on a conference here and there every once in a while uh, in San Diego or something before COVID. But most of the time I'm, I'm at home. Jamie, on the other hand. Yeah. I'm in the trenches every day. She is crawling under barbed wire every day. It's terrible. (laughs) You know, recruiters, uh, this is what we would consider arduous duty. So it it is um, long hours and the same as working at, like if you were to, uh, be at boot camp and pushing people through boot camp. Um, it's considered arduous duty. And so it could be five to six days, sometimes seven days a week. And, um, and your phone never shuts off. And <laughs> I have 41 future sailors who I'm preparing for boot camp. So, you know, if they bump their head, I got to know about it. If they, um, get a speeding ticket. I have to know about it. So, uh, my phone's constantly going off. So this is a, this is a tough duty. Um, it's rewarding, but it, it is, uh, no, I can't just sit back and relax, you know, you know, you know, in her defense, I was going to say that even when you're dealing and LeBron, you can attest to this, even as a junior state, junior states have a code they live by, you know, they, they do live a code. Most of them, they have the military yeah. code they live by. She's dealing with young kids that are not in the military. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so no code. Your, your hope mommy and daddy took care of it when they were young, but odds yeah. are they probably didn't. Mm-hmm. And she's dealing with that, 40 of them or so. And I, yeah. I couldn't do it. I would lose my damn mind. <laughs> <laughs> so does yeah. it feel like babysitting sometimes? Yeah. I mean, I just treat them like my own kids. I'm like, what did you do? You will take care of this ticket right now. <laughs> you know, that sort of stuff. I'm having flashbacks because Jamie, when Jamie said about the whole, like, you know, like, like 20, like, you know, like call them all the time, things like that. And bump their head and all that stuff. I remember my recruiter was like, Hey, if anything happens to you, you call me. Hey, if this happens, call me. If you get a speeding ticket, call me. I'm having flashbacks of it all. It's- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that was over. And that was over twenty years ago. 
Well, why don't you tell us what kind of content your podcast has? Do you talk about the things we're discussing right now or is it is it a little bit different? I've listened to some of the episodes, but for listeners listening to this interview who are new to your podcast, what can they expect? So when we started out, we didn't really have a direction. We just thought we're going to talk about the Navy and we're going to use these nautical terms and try to bring them into everyday life and, you know, make them relatable to uh, just anybody that was listening. We didn't really focus in. So we did a couple of episodes like if we'd use nautical terms like ballasting your ship, like in life, keeping it level and not letting it list side to side. And um, we, we did a couple of episodes like that. And then we were like, well... The majority of our listeners are Navy. And so we kind of were like, why don't we amplify our sailor's voice? And, you know, we say smoke pit topics because let's say like you're working at your job or doing whatever you're doing in your shop, you know, turning wrenches or controlling aircraft. And there is only one point in time where you kind of get a break. And that is when you go to smoke. And so you have to go out to the smoke pit and a lot of sailors are gathered around there and that's their time to coke and joke and just relax and, and talk about whatever's on their mind. And so we wanted that feel for the podcast. We wanted what the sailors were, you know, mad about or happy about, or just whatever was on their mind. We wanted to bring that to life and amplify that because we, we feel that um, leadership, we feel that um, anybody that's in the Navy needs to hear what's on the sailor's mind. And uh, we started doing series. Yep. Started uh, with, was it? Uh, the, first. Oh, the first one was Hold Fast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so go ahead. Go, no, you go uh, We did Hold Fast through a few things. Adversity. We had a buddy of mine. He's a, a E8 uh boat a boat guy we call them they're there's nsw naval special warfare and he went through his career and how he held fast hold fast means to don't let go don't stop what you're doing in the army they call it drive on you know don't stop no matter how hard it gets keep your head forward and keep um you know making forward progress so we had him on there and he talked about his adversity through his career and how he ended up doing well and now he's getting ready to retire with 20 plus years in did, did well for himself and then we did one hold fast through love with uh, a master chief that Jamie, uh, he's in Memphis, but he's a he's a, a record, uh, recruiter, Navy mm-hmm. recruiter. He's an actually Millington. And we did one whole fast through love about putting your family first. Yeah. But, you know, keep keep the ones, you know, it ain't about what you're doing now. It's about how many people show up to your funeral that really matters at the end of the day. Yeah. And and then hold fast. Uh, we did a little bonus, hold fast through the storm. Because, honestly, I had a stroke back in February. Mm-hmm. Oh my and, God. Yeah. I found out I, you know, I was in great shape, you know, uh, I worked out hard, but it was a, it was a blood disorder. I didn't know I had a clotting disorder that was hereditary that I didn't know I had until I had the stroke. So, so we hold faster to storm about, we, we talked about that. And then the last one was hold fast to your uh, goals. Mm-hmm. We had a, a Navy NASCAR driver, Matt, Matt Perry. Yeah. He's a Navy, uh, second, he's a recruiter and he yeah. also drives for NASCAR. That drives for NASCAR. We heard about his story. He was in a bad wreck and still came back and still racing today. So, and then we started the, uh, what was our second one? Second series was, was the stigma. Stigma to hell with the stigma. Yeah. yeah. As y'all know, uh, 
Mental health. Mental health. Because it was, yeah, yeah, it was May. It seems like we've done a lot in a short time. Like it only been, we started like really, <laughs> well, you know, a lot of times. And then that, that, that series is really important to us. We did four parts with that and we, we kind of broke it down. We had one chief that came on and he talks about, um, you know, having suicidal ideations and that sort of stuff, but getting help while he was in the military, which is a stigma, right. we think we can't get help but he was able to get help and stay in the Navy and continue to deploy and continue to thrive. And so that was really important to us to get out there and let people know you can get help. And then we had a doc come on a Navy doc and he broke it down. Why is this happening to us? What are these causes? What's You know, what is he broke it down inside the way your brain works, but made it, so we could understand. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like he was talking big words. He was talking it, but he was breaking it down to layman's terms. So everybody who heard could understand kind of mm-hmm. where he's coming from. And then we also did a, a couple uh collabs with a couple other podcasts, but they're all ex vets. They're yeah. all vets, ex military. Drive on part podcast on and, and Charlie Mike. Charlie Mike. And they both struggle with PTSD and we kind of heard their story and mm-hmm. what they did to get help. And we done a lot of we done a couple uh Side, we did a Florida man content, uh, collaboration with the Florida men on yeah. Florida man, which just a little, you know, how did they, cause they're pretty, pretty big. Now we talked about what they, how they started and we just a little bit of everything, but I like our series though. Our series yeah. are more geared toward almost like what it's like stuff that we all deal with. We do our series. And then in between that, we like to do things like this, where we connect with other veterans and hear their stories yeah. and stuff like that. So that I guess in so many words, that's the feel for yeah, podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah. The mental health one to hell with the stigma really stood out to me because I, it blows my mind how far we've come. When I think about what veterans from world war one, world war two, Korea, oh, yeah. Vietnam, it, it probably, I bet Vietnam probably really highlighted that. I, I well, you imagine. know, um, our friend Ian from the Why Whiskey podcast was telling us about General Sherman, and he was struggling. He was writing letters home in in silence, basically struggling with mental health, but he couldn't tell anybody. So he was just writing letters home to his wife. You, know? you think about General Sherman, that was Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so, <laughs> we, I mean, the mental health has always been there and surrounded the military. It's just that now we're trying to normalize speaking about it because we've all struggled in silence for so long because mm-hmm. we didn't want to get help or or to get labeled right. or to be non-deployable or to have any extra burden fall on our brothers and sisters that's huge definitely that's how i was because you know um i remember i remember really rocking my head a couple times hard like where I drew blood like Jamie did probably even worse what Jamie did the other day and mm-hmm. just dealing with it. Cause I, I had stuff to do. I didn't have time, you know, and there's a lot of people that deal with real stuff, you know, real PTSD, real depression that they were scared to get help. Cause they didn't want to, like, like Jamie said, their work has to fall on somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they don't want it to fall on somebody cause they feel like they let that person down and great. Yeah. That's good for you. And you might make rank and you might do really well in the military, but at the end of the day, you got to retire eventually. Then, you, then you're then you're gonna put all that on your family, 
Yeah, it, yeah, it'll follow you home quickly. Um, I have a, I have a really close friend. Like he's my, he's my best friend in the world, and uh, he did, uh, he did, he did one solid enlistment in the, um, in the army, but, um, but during that time that he was in the army for that one enlistment, he did, he did basically, he did two and a half back to back tours in the Middle East. Wow. Mm. And 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 uh, and uh. Uh, if he winds up listening to this, I hope he'll forgive me. Uh, he came back. He came back in bad shape. Like when, um, like he, like, uh, I want to say like two or three months before he was getting ready to like basically like like get out. Uh, he 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 realized something was wrong with him, and so he immediately went and, and you know checked himself into like um to like to like a facility, you know, so so they could they could watch him and you know try to help him figure things out and stuff like that. But um. He didn't get enough help in the time that he had left and stuff like that, and it followed him to the point where you know, like, uh, like it took a lot of his friends and family, you know, at home to like help him get through this stuff and, and things like that. And yeah. he was one of the ones. He was one of the ones that realized he needed help and actually went out and got it. But there's, there's, there's people like back when I was in, like we had. There was a couple guys in my in my division. Uh, they definitely had suicide uh, suicidal thoughts and stuff like that, and they fought it because we saw what happened if someone winds up getting on report that says, "Hey, like this person has you know suicidal ideation and stuff like that." It it usually didn't go anywhere positive. And, and, and back when I was in, like if anything, like sometimes having the word get out that they are suicidal put them in a tailspin even worse. And things oh, like yeah, that. definitely, definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and and then and then the sorry thing is, is that you fight it and fight it and fight it, just like your friend. And then at the end of your career, you try to get help, and then the VA is like, "No, you yes. can't just bring this up at the end." You know yeah. that you you just want our money, and and that's not the case. But mm-hmm. that's what that's why we did that series because we want people to understand that we don't want we just don't want the VA's money at the end. But people have been fighting it throughout their 20 years and they finally come to the end where they can get help or they feel like they can get help. And then that's when they, the trouble comes, yeah. you know, yeah. oh, that yeah. they can't, they can't get the help they need. I mean, I'd love it to see where, you know, I like, if you like, like LeBron, if you break your arm, people can see, Hey, you broke your damn arm. They can see the exactly. cast on you. I want it to be like when somebody says, look, I got something wrong with my head, right? Something wrong with my emotion, whatever it is. And they, it gets treated like a broken arm. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. people be like, okay, dude, let's, let's help you out. Let's time out, take a knee. Let's, let's you know, it's it, so recently I fell down. I got a concussion. I think we spoke about this before the show, right? He fell down and got stitches. His arm is bandaged up, but I was, um, you know, internally kind of uh, off balance and my thoughts were slow and yeah. people were looking at me like, what is your deal? But for he, they wouldn't ask him to carry a box. But for me, they'd be like, "Hey, just you know, telework from home or <laughs> whatever it may be, you know, because you can't see the injury." You know, and the thing yeah. about a uh, a concussion, if you look at a computer, that's not good for your concussion. It's like teleworking is the worst thing you could do if you mm-hmm. have a concussion. And but you know, I don't blame anybody. It is what it is. I mean, it's, we're still in that that mind frame. Right. We just gonna. It's hard to get out of that. Mm-hmm. You, you know. You know, it's years and years of, of, of brushing that crap to the side and not worrying about it until the last minute. And it just it takes time. You know, it takes time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, we come from we come from a society, not even not even just the military, but uh, as 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 just human beings, we come from a society where, you know, like the last thing the last thing you want people to know is that something's not right with your head and stuff like that. So yeah. people people yeah. carry this stuff, and, you know, and, you know, like. 
you know, you just get these situations where it's like, hey, the guy, the guy next to me with with this gun and everything, like he's not been acting right and stuff. And I don't know how I feel <laughs> yeah. about this. <laughs> or after he's done shot up people, hey, uh, yeah, he was acting weird later uh, earlier. Yeah, this month. We're, we didn't see the signs. <laughs> There's no signs. You've just got to pay attention because I bet those people have said something. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like hey. I just don't feel right or this may be going on yeah. and I'm feeling this way. And then somebody said, ah, oh, suck it up, you know, rub some dirt in. Yes. It. Yeah. <laughs> suck, yeah. Suck it up, shake it off. You know, all that, all that typical stuff, you know, like, you know, you know, shoot, like man up is, is like always been a big thing, you know, like, Hey, I'm, yeah. I'm start I'm starting to feel depressed about a couple of things that have been going on in my life. And next thing you know, like, like at least two or three, two or three other sailors, like, no, you just need to man up and, and go do your job. Yeah, and stuff like right. That, you know? right. <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, I was that guy. I was that. I was that guy. Not until recently. Like, um, uh, I was like, well, that person, I did the same thing as that person. I, I don't know why he or she's jacked up. I was fine. You know, or yeah. well, what? I was that guy. I mean, I was, I'll be a minute. Then I had that stroke. And then after my stroke, I wasn't right. I, I changed and I'm pissed off all the time. I have some anxiety. I, I went to, I went to the hospital two days after they released me because I thought I was having another stroke and I wasn't, but it was just in my head. Yeah. A lot of things changed about me. Mm-hmm. And I realized, look, this, if this could happen to me, it could happen to anybody. That's the thing we learned through this series is that you never know what's going yeah. on with that person, that individual. And that's what the doc broke down to us. He said, you know, let's say I, you come to work and I say, take out the trash and you just lose it. And I'm like, geez, all I asked was to take out the trash. But I didn't know that your child was sick and that you're running on hard times with money and that your mother's been not talking to you for months at a time. I didn't know that your dad got locked up and all of this stuff. And I just told you to take out the trash and you lost it. And that that's what he said is, is with mental health. You never know. What straw is going to break the camel's back? Yeah. Yeah. So does the Navy have a lot of resources now? Do the armed forces have better outlets for people? Yes. So we are, I would say from the time that Laurent joined and Heath joined and even I joined back in 2005, we have come uh, a long way. Leaps and bounds. Leaps and bounds. Um, We have resources like Military One Source that you could just call and speak to a counselor and it's not on the record and you don't have to worry about it being in your, um, you know, your, your medical record or anything like that. And you can just help to talk things out. And then we've got a fleet and family support center. Who's got licensed social workers and counselors on staff. We've got our chaplain corps who, as long as you're not a harm to yourself or anything like that, everything is confidential and, a lot of people, they say, oh, chaplains, that's religion. Um, but they're trained to be counselors as well. So they can leave religion out of it and just talk to you as the individual. They just wear yeah. many hats. And yeah. religion is one of them. Uh-huh. Counselor is one of them. Or both. If you want to combine, they can do both. You know, they're a great resource. That is awesome. I'm really glad to hear that. Because I think, wasn't PTSD called shell shock for many years? I think so. I think that's the mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah. Was, yeah. I think so, yeah. And that's what they called it. But it was a, it was like when they were like, oh, he's just shell shock. But it's actually a big freaking deal. 
No, like it's not like there's some like their brain has been miswired or, or rewired, right. I should say. Right. Their, their brain's right. been rewired by their situations, by the stuff that they were yeah. in. And the sad part is, you know, like for the mo- okay, for um, like for example, for my friend that was um, for my friend that did um, his tours in Iraq, like they were, by by the time he was in the mil- in, the, in the army and stuff, like they were doing eight month stints stints out there like mm-hmm. it used to like initially well shoot back when i was in like like for 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 ground troops it used to be like five months and right. eventually we got to like eight months now and then and so and so basically like you just gotta think in that compact amount of time depending on where you're at and what you're doing you might see some stuff that you've never seen before in your entire life this is and my friend was not a guy who had gone who had who'd just gotten out of high school and just joined the military like he he had been in college he'd been he'd been out of college for a few years and stuff like that he graduated and all that stuff he he actually had regular jobs and then one day he was like you know what i want to i want to you know i want to swear the oath and you serve my country and stuff like that so he'd seen so like he'd lived he'd lived his life before he decided to join. And then just imagine like in that compact amount of time, because if he'd only done one tour out there, like that probably would have been that probably wouldn't have been the most stuff he had seen. He would have come back to the States and things like that, but he'd been out there three times basically in that in, mm-hmm. in a four year in a four year, you know, uh, enlistment. So yeah. So I mean, you know, then that's just that's just one story. Like there's 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 soldiers all over the place and soldiers, sailors, uh marines, airmen and stuff. They're all they're all over the place, and, you know, and they've they've seen stuff and they never learned how to process it or even or not even so much process it. They never even learned cuz everybody knows how to compartmentalize stuff because like mm-hmm. at the end of the day you got to make sure you get the job done, you come home safe and things like that. Uh they just never learned how to like uh, defuse all that all that they've taken in and stuff like that because they car- we compartmentalize like like crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, big time, buddy. It, yeah. it, it, uh, someone told me those boxes eventually start to crumble or the mm-hmm. the top start to erupt, and you you're like, I just want to put this back in the box, but the box won't shut. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, even after a normal deployment where nothing goes wrong, right? So you do a normal deployment to the Persian Gulf or wherever you do on the ship. Mm-hmm. I mean, you ship because that's what I know best. And you come back six months later, you, you, even that is crazy when you come back home and yeah. then you're like in this big world where you're not confined to this 500 to a thousand foot ship and, you know, with yeah. port visits here and there, uh, put out here and there, it really, I look, it almost blow, blew my mind the first time I did it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I come oh, back yeah. and I'm like, oh, this world is so busy. It's so busy. Oh, so many cars. <laughs> and it took me a week to, uh, to recalibrate. Uh, I, but then you you compound that with with one well, get shot at or yeah. loss of a friend in front of you, you know, for the guys. Or just that, waiting for something just, to happen. Or just on high alert yeah, for yeah, so waiting, long. Waiting for something to happen. Yeah. I like the way Lauren said it. They their brains get rewired, and the best way that I could um, put that into layman's or you know into terms is. Let's say you have to start waking up at 4.30 a.m., right? That's a crazy time to wake up, and and you got to wake up and go to the gym at 4.30 a.m. The first week or so is hard. The second week, that's hard. After eight months of you waking up at 4.30 to go to the gym, and then you try to sleep in, you can't Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you've woken up at 4.30 to go to the gym for so long. Right. You're and that's, rewired. you're rewired. And that's exactly what that made me think of. And that's exactly yeah. how deployments feel. You're rewired. And then you try to go back to what we call normal and, and you just can't. 
by the time by the time I finished my second deployment on 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 ships, like when I came home to my uh, apartment, I realized it was way too quiet. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. It was way too quiet. I'm used to. I was used to fan noise. I was used to hearing other people talking and stuff. I immediately like. I would be like, okay, like uh, I got an extra room. I need to find a roommate or something. <laughs> I, I, I learned how to. I learned how to fall asleep with the TV on at night and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, after my first deployment with the carrier, even when we dropped off the air wing, we're we're just ship's crew flying uh, sailing back to uh, Everett, Washington. It was so quiet. It was eerie. Yes, but yes. we still had three thousand people on board. It's not like it was. Not a lot of people. We still had three thousand people on board, but it seemed quiet, and it was it was weird. Mm-hmm. And then you get back to your house; it's really weird. <laughs> wow. So, in addition to the mental health aspects and, and the struggles with military uh, active duty veterans, what are some other challenges that civilians may not realize that military men and women go through? Uh, well, it's. Go ahead, LeBron. I'm sorry. I was gonna. The only thing I was gonna. The, the one thing I was gonna say is, uh, is that basically, as an enlisted person, like, uh, like we, sometimes we we immediately like try to look for things of a, of authority. Basically, you know, like for for me, because I was lower enlisted, so you know, for me, like you know, anybody in the civilian world that had like some bit of authority to them, like it was automatically a sir or a ma'am for me, you know, things like that. Uh, so. You know, like it, it. So, like, it took a while. Even and, and it was even, it was even, it even off put me sometimes because when people found found out that I was either active duty back then when I was in, or I'm a veteran now, I always get thank you for your service and stuff, and it always throws me off because, like, for me, like, I always felt like I, I knew as a child I was going to join the military and stuff like that. So, you know, like thanking thanking me for my service is always like, you know, it, it it's almost like that compliment that you that you never think you deserve and things like that. So. So yeah, that's one that's one adjustment that that I had to deal with, you know. Um, and that's just one aspect of being a, a junior enlisted, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, definitely, I get that because I, I appreciate people saying that to me. But I'm like, well, I still get paid pretty good money for what I do. It's not like I'm doing it for free, you know. You get paid, <laughs> yes. you get yeah. paid to be a doctor and save lives or whatever. But I mean, I do appreciate it. I do, but like I'm just, I try to be humble as possible, and I just, I guess mm-hmm. it's my humility. Or like, look, I thank you, but I'm thinking I do get paid pretty good money to do this. It's not like I'm doing it for free. Like, you know, there's some countries out there that I knew when we went to we went to Montenegro, uh, which is Western Europe, and the CO of a ship, so the commanding officer's ship, made as much as one of our American E3s in Montenegro. So. Mm-hmm. We get paid pretty good for uh, for being in the military. I mean, not, I think a uh, uh, civilian in my counterpart gets paid more, but I bet he don't have the job satisfaction I have. Hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Right. Which mean which says a lot. So, I would say that we get used to life at a so funny thing. We get used to life at a very fast pace. So if you ask us to wait forty five minutes to go in and eat at a at a restaurant, that is oh. like the worst. Thing in the world. No, I'll just go get Wendy's. I'd rather <laughs> just go get Wendy's. You might, you might as well have told me like the food to be ready tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but in the same breath, I will say that we are very good at 
uh, hurry up and waiting because we will wake up and get to the place where we got to get at like six in the morning or whatever, just to find out that we're going to leave at nine that morning. <laughs> so we're waiting around for three hours and we're really good at waiting or standing four hour watches. But, <laughs> but in the civilian world, it doesn't trans, I don't know. It doesn't transpire. I tell you what, especially Marines, they'll wait in a line for anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they'll wait in line. Yeah. Let us see a line. Let us wait in. I know what the hell is at the end of the line. Uh, yeah, they'll wait yes, there. Exactly. <laughs> Celeste, <laughs> the, Celeste, the best way the best way I can put that in layman's terms for you is just imagine your longest day at the DMV, but it's the most important thing in the world you have to do. <laughs> right. That's how it that's how it equates. <laughs> exactly. That's a good so, that's a good analogy. <laughs> I have to ask, are there certain branches that pick on other ones more than other branches or everybody picks on the Marines. Everybody, pick, everybody, pick, everybody picks on the Marines, but I think, but I think it's a joint effort against the air force. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll all team up on the air force. All the three, sad, three other forces. And the, sad, and the sad part is a lot of us really wish we had gone to the air force. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, funny thing, because the Marines are a department of the Navy. They were created to be our infantry. And so I always tell everybody when they ask, well, what's the difference? And I say, you have a little brother or a little sister? And they'll say, yeah, well, you know how your mom told you to take them to the movies? That's how the Navy feels when we have to take them <laughs> on deployment. <laughs> Your stinky, stinky little brothers. But I gotta be, I gotta be kind of nice to Marines. I gotta be kind of nice to Marines because uh, we're renting this house from a Marine. Yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want to kick me out after this. No, nah, he's a good dude. Nah, you know I've worked with Marines and you know most of the time I love, I love them to death. They're good guys. They're doing the same thing we are. Just a just doing a little different <laughs> and they eat more crayons than we do. So, okay. What Marines, is up with that? Marines, what is are, up with that thing? Marines are nuts. I, I would say that, <laughs> but, 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 but here's the thing about, here's the thing about it though. Like as crazy as Marines are and stuff like that, they're usually one of the best friends you could ever have. Definitely. hundred percent. Yeah. 100% loyal. They yeah. are. They are definitely. And, and we got some Marine friends that have a, a, a t-shirt company and they are the greatest. They're, they're not in the Marines anymore. They got out, but uh, once a Marine, always a Marine. Yeah. So they're great couple guys, you know, they're great dudes and they're they're I consider them a good friend of mine, honestly. So. Is there one branch of the military that's, I mean, I don't know if y'all would know, is there one branch that people are drawn to more than others? I don't know what the statistics are. Oh, that's a good one. I think... Go ahead. I was about to say, I, I think it's the army, I, uh, but yeah. the army, I think it's army. Then second place is Navy. Right. I think, the, I think it's the army because there's so many recruiters out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's look, the Navy has one, one boot camp. I think the Marine has one or two. The army's got several because there's so many people that join it. They can't put them all in one place. And we have one Great Lakes, Illinois. And that that's the only place people go to boot camp. And I think wait, 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 the other, wait, the other three are, are gone. What do you mean? No, was, they're not. Yeah. It's just, it's there just, was, there, was, there was, there was, there's San Diego. One in Florida. Yep. That's gone. But I came in yeah, 96 yeah, I went, there was only I, one. I, I went to Orlando. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're gone now. It's just Man. Great Lakes now. Wow. And it's, and it's been like that over 20 years. That They must've changed that because they, it was only one when I came in. 
I was I was the one I, I know for sure Orlando was closing down because I remember them telling me like I was in probably not the last but I think like the next to the last uh, yeah. RTC like like I mean like the A school still there as far as I know but um but new but school actually, yeah new A school yeah, yeah but but the uh, but the boot camp is gone yeah definitely it's been going for a long time I would say as a recruiter the reason <laughs> we always joke about this so they have um, Army has way more recruiters like you said. They have better water bottles, better pins, better pop sockets, better, um, you know, like bouncy balls and stuff. And we're like, better hey, swag. Do wanna, yeah. Do you want a sticker? Or they, they even had mask when, you know, army mask. And we're like, hey. so we've got stickers. Why? Because we've got the better product. It, it, you know, this I'm biased, of course, but we've got the better product. But they have to have nicer water bottles to get. They have the better swag. <laughs> they have the better swag. They do. Now they you, do. Now you said that about the masks. I'm gonna have to like stroll up into into a freaking uh a freaking uh, uh we we got a recruiting station uh, that's we got a recruiting station for it's arm it's Army Air Force and Navy. Um, it's not too far from Fort Eustis, but they're all they're all right in the same little building and everything, right? And now you now you said that about the mask. I'm gonna have to like like stroll up yeah, in there, acting like I'm picking up some. Like I'm picking up some paperwork, uh, well, some some literature for uh, for like my nephew or somebody. <laughs> See what happens. Oh, that's the other thing. That's the other thing too. Like uh, like like military knows military. Like I've been spotted so many yeah. times as ex-military. Even though like if you look at me, I I do not look military. I, I think a lot of people say it's the walk for for me. Uh, the swag, the swagger, the sailor yeah. swagger. The sailor swag. <laughs> The closest I've been personally military is marching band in high school. <laughs> it's pretty legit, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's based off military because you have the drum major and they're yelling at you and you have to be in step and you have mm-hmm. section leaders. Oh, and if you get out of step and you're walking to lunch, they're going to make you turn right around and start all over and everybody's going to suffer for it. I think yep. that's exactly what it's I think, like. I think <laughs> if anytime you're getting your ass chewed, anything is from is based from the military. <laughs> it's not boot camp. Or, or band. Or band, yeah. <laughs> oh man, but I, I wasn't as brave with my flute as you all probably have been with other things. I played the flute too. I was in the marching band. Oh. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was also woodwinds in the marching band. Oh, I, nice. I, I, did, I did a lot. I did a lot when I was in high school. Like I was all. Well, what happened is my last my last two years of high school. Remember, I'm a military. I'm a military dependent. Like growing up and stuff like that. I went to six different high schools growing up because wow. that's just the that's just the army lifestyle. Like you wind up moving all the time and stuff like that. Uh, so I wound up. I wound up falling into into the marching band because like the last school I wound up at did not have ROTC. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, you had to do, to do something extra Yeah, so, so I, yeah, I had to do something, and, and now that I think about it, like I had to find something that was regimented, like the military, like right, ROTC. right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because uh, our son's in ROTC here. Yeah, he, now he's just banned. He's, he's banned now, he's but he did three years. Senior year. Yeah, he did three years ROTC. Oh, that's awesome. That so he'll he'll have a lot of discipline when he gets oh, out yeah. into the world. Oh, yeah, it sounds like <laughs> sounds like sounds like he's gonna be a sailor. Just, just oh, that's, yeah. that's, 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 yeah. But that's we're we're pushing him for officer. We're no. we're like go go go. I'm like go. it took me it took me 20 years to get paid like a lieutenant. It's been in six years, you know. That's so that's, yeah yeah yeah. Well, that's Ron triggered a question that I hadn't written down for y'all, but I, I hear a lot about how military spouses, the 
the civilian spouse cannot hold down a, a, a job. Like my cousin who's married to someone in the Coast Guard, it's been kind of difficult because she's had, she wants to be, she wants to be a teacher and she could only teach for so long and they couldn't really set up their roots. They lived in North Carolina. They lived in past Christian Mississippi. Now they're back in Louisiana. And I, I wonder what it's like when you have dual military, both spouses are in the military. What is that like? How, how do you adjust your, your goals and, and are you assigned to the same area? Like what, what do you do if you're assigned to a different part of the country? I don't, how does that work? Well, the Navy has, has really come a long way with dual military, probably a lot since you were in LeBron. I mean, a lot since I've in the last 10 years. So they do, they do their best to co-locate dual military uh, couples. Mm -hmm. They do their best to get them in the same geographical area so they could either like live in a central spot and then commute to work either way or whatever they need to do. They cannot be stationed usually at the same command, but if there's, if they had the option of a different command in the same geographical location, they'll definitely try to do that for them. Mm -hmm. As far as goals go, you know, this is how I looked at it. When I met Jamie, she was still had her goals and she's younger than I am. So she still has her goals and I, I pretty much I've, I've over, I've, I've got more than I thought I'd ever get. Honestly, I thought I'd be an E5. I thought I'd get out or retire, get forced out as an E5. So being an E8, I've done better than I thought I'd be. So if it comes to me chasing mine or her getting hers, I would choose her over mine any day of the week, just because it's her turn. Yeah. By the you way, gotta have that by the way, by the way, congrats on making senior chief. Congrats. Oh, thank you. Yes, I appreciate congrats. it. Awesome. And, and it's her turn to make chief and to make senior chief and to make master chief. Uh, I did it. Because uh, I've been in Navy ten years longer than her, so so it's her turn now. Uh, oh, Jamie, so whatever I can do to support. Jamie, you're on the path. You're 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 a recruiter right now. Like I mean, that's that's setting you up right there. I hope so. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see how it all goes, how it all turns out. But you know, at the end of the day, I and I said this before, we get twenty years. We get twenty years to make an impact on our Navy, on our sailors, and every life that we touch. And so. Yes. If I hit my 20 and all I've done is is they remember my name or someone goes higher and, and becomes a great leader because of something I said, then I'll be happy with that. That's kind of how we are with our podcast. As long as we can help one person out. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Like to help the stigma. If one person doesn't go down that dark path because of what something they heard, hey, we did it. We did. I don't care. I don't care if only two people listen to it. Mm -hmm. If it helped one person out, I'm happy. Have you received a lot of feedback or any kind of reception for your podcast since you started it? You know, kind of. We're kind of known as the uh, mental awareness podcast now since yeah, that mental health, mental health uh, podcast. We're, and we're not a mental health podcast, but we're glad to do a part on it. But I would do more. But if we if we turn, if we go that way, that's great. Because You know, I, I think that a lot of people want to speak on that. And yeah. I think that it's maybe our place yeah. to amplify that you know and and continue to bring stories and continue maybe not focus on it maybe not do the series on it but continue to speak on it and and to figure out this this problem because we've already discovered by talking to several veterans that um some things need to change with the va uh what i'm sorry not For the real. va the uh when you come back from deployment, there's stations that you have to go to. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's... And the last one is the psychologist that's like, hey, are you feeling uh, this way? Are you feeling down? Are you feeling that? And, and that's the guy 
that's between you and your family that you haven't seen for months and months and months or a year. So what is, you're like, yeah, what is anybody going to say? I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. Let me go home. I'm fine. So we've already discovered that that probably should be after you get home, that evaluation, you know? So hopefully through this podcast, we can start just start breaking it down and being like, okay, maybe we can actually change some of the policies, you know? Right. Cause that's a shit show. When you, if you're between somebody, like one guy is keeping you from seeing your family or your loved ones, you hadn't seen him forever yeah, in, in months, you're going to tell him what he wants to hear to get you past him. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't really, I don't think, and I'm not a, I'm not an expert by any stretch of imagination, but I don't think you would really get your mental health issues until you got to some normalcy. So you got some yeah. normality mm-hmm. We you got to normal yeah. life. And mm-hmm. then you would be like, Hey, damn, I'm pissed off all the time. Damn, mm-hmm. my kids drive me freaking crazy and they're not doing anything wrong. You know, something like that would make you realize, trigger you. Look, I'm not right. But now they've already told the dude they're good. They go back. Oh, you were good two months ago. Why aren't you good now? <laughs> we try to get that money. Try to get that VA money, huh, dog? Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be that way. It should be like, come here. Let me help you. Yeah. That's a, that's really a shame. I, I like a lot of military books and poetry. I remember in, um, in school, I have an English degree and we did, uh, I had took a modern poetry class and we read one, I think, his name is Robert Graves. He has Dolce de Coramus. Have you all ever read that poem? No, I haven't. It's uh, he's a World War One poet, and he's talking about what it's like in the trenches with mustard gas and just the the trauma that he experienced and what he saw. And oh my goodness, it's it, it's hell. War is hell. And I also like the book The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien. He's a a, vet, a, a Vietnam veteran. I don't know if y'all ever. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. I've heard the title. Mm -hmm. Are there any military-related books, movies, uh, anything, any kind of media that you like in particular? Uh, I mean, I I liked American Sniper. I don't know how true that is to to story, but I know Clint Eastwood usually tries to keep it true to life. And it comes from a novel, right? I think it comes from a book. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a real good movie. It really opened up PTSD uh, to me. Because the, the guy was a, a decorated war hero, Chris Kyle from Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he would forget where he was at and go to the bar and not go home. I mean, things like that that really screwed his, screwed his head up. And, the, and he did get better. Unfortunately, he was he was killed by a guy, another guy with mental issues. But but uh, I, that really opened my eyes to mental health. Like, really, it gets that bad. I'd never heard of that when I came until I watched the movie. It gets that. That's one movie I really... I can think of. It's hard for me to really get into Hollywood. I don't know much they how much they Hollywood mm-hmm. it up. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. A movie that sticks out for me is uh, the Hurt Locker. Mm. Oh, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. That's a good uh, yeah. Uh, Patty Jenkins directed that one, so you know, like if uh, if you want to see what she was doing before she was directing Wonder Woman, check that out. Uh, it's, it's also it's also like a uh, like a like a biography uh, like a pseudo biography because um it falls from real events um anthony mackie's in it and um i can't remember can't remember who else was in it but uh but it's a it's a good movie and that's another one like that jarhead talks about uh, the movie jarhead with jake gyllenhaal yep. talks about yep. ptsd talks about the strain yep. of it i mean you know like and this is going this is going past the classics because like full metal jacket is a classic and if you're not paying attention that movie is is like front yeah. and center about uh ptsd and mental issues going yeah. on yeah that's a, that's a great movie Y'all are going to laugh when I tell you what movie sticks out for me. Uh, let's <laughs> Battle, hear it. Battleship. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because, um, you know, towards the end, when they're talking to the old sailors, the old salts oh, that are on oh, the, the ship. Missouri? Yeah. Yeah. And, they're, and they're, they're like, listen, you've already done so much for your country. Mm-hmm. And I have no right to ask this of you. But would you help us? And they were like, yeah, we'll do it. And I was like, that's the, that's the fighting spirit of the sailor. Yes. That is the epitome of the fighting spirit of the sailor who's already beat down and worn down and done so much. But if you ask us, we'll be there. Yeah. It's true. Oh, yeah, like, I, I get, oh. I, yeah. I get, I get, I get misty eyed of a lot of like military TV and, uh, and movies and stuff like that. Like, um, like shoot, like, especially the ones of the Navy, because I, I, I didn't realize how much I was actually going to miss the uniform until I actually like said, I'm out. <laughs> and yeah, then, you and do. Then, like, and, and then, like two months later, I was like, "Man, what have I done?" <laughs> and and then it was a, it was like it was a point of pride. And I'm like, "Okay, I said I'm getting out. Like, I, I need to stay out because this is what I, this is the hill I'm going to die on and stuff like that." But there are days like you know I wake up and I and you know people have asked me this like you know what's the one thing you miss about the military the most? And I'm like, "Well, if you look at a guy like me, I miss the uniform the most." <laughs> now, you know, it's weird. You're right, man. Because I remember transferring i'm going from the ship to the shore dude living that good life that shore dude life that nice you know eight to eight to four stuff and i'm driving home damn i missed a ship why would you miss that shit yeah. it's awful right <laughs> but you miss it you miss the because you only remember the good times you remember the good times it, it wasn't awful you, you learned your rate you learned your job on the ship that's where i learned my uh, job it, it got kind of awful it got kind of awful when they put us down on three section duty it got kind of awful. Are you, you're, eating, <laughs> you're eating rice every damn day <laughs> but you i missed it when i was on shore i was like damn i can't wait to go back to the ship you know <laughs> yeah it's crazy yeah your mind and you know you're nuts and sailors are nuts if they miss that they're nuts there's no mm-hmm. reason a normal yeah. person would miss you got that too shit. much salt in your veins that's I what it is it. <laughs> I, gotta flick it, I gotta flick it off my shoulder it's so much salt <laughs> that's the andrew that's oh, not that's, oh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> what are the most rewarding aspects of being in the United States Navy? Well, for me, it's being part of something that's bigger than you. It's you're doing something and you're you're doing the work of the American people. American people trust you in that position and you know, they don't have a choice, you join, right? But really they pay your, they pay your, they pay your bill, they pay your bills, they pay you, they give you a paycheck and then doing something that's so big that it's bigger than you can, anything else you could ever do. It ain't always about the money. It ain't always about the glory. It's about keeping, keeping, and honestly, it sounds, it's, it sounds sympath, uh, you know, poetic or whatever, but it's, it's, uh, keeping your fellow Americans safe. Mm-hmm. And the littlest thing is turning a wrench does that and it don't have to be a lot just a little bit and and that 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 would keep that's what kept me in for 25 years that and the camaraderie yeah that's that's actually what i was going to say is the camaraderie my most favorite thing about the navy and being in the navy is that through the suck we will find a way to make it fun. So yeah. let's say yes. you're you're yes. it's midnight and you're sweeping swabbing the deck and you're buffing the floor. 
somebody will turn on some music and turn their hat backwards and start dancing or doing something and and it's a a party and it's a party the job is done (laughs) yes and and we sailors are so good at, at finding a way to embrace like you say embrace the suck or i think tv says that right embrace the suck but just making it fun and those are the memories that's why nobody i mean does it does it suck yes absolutely who wants to be swapping a deck at midnight but (laughs) you know it's fun what about you larod what were your favorite aspects it's also it's also the camaraderie um, because like as a, as an army brat that went in, like I'd already done the traveling and stuff. So then, so Navy for me was just more opportunities to travel and stuff like that. I got to see some wonderful places and stuff like that, but it's the camaraderie. And what sucks for what, what sucks for me is like, I was only in for six years. So like I met, I made like a set group of friends and thank God for Facebook and social media and stuff like that. Like a lot of, a lot of people from my old command actually found me and we've been able to catch up, keep, keeping keeping contact we've learned about we've learned about fellow sailors in the division who passed away and stuff like that but we've also learned about you know triumphs and all the things like who's had who's had who's had babies who's had grandchildren stuff like that you know like yeah it's the it's the camaraderie for sure and you know for for somebody like me who there was a point when for moving around all the time as an army brat and stuff like i got to the point where i didn't want to go out and make new friends and stuff like that but it it, it completely 180 as soon as i joined the military like he was like oh yeah make friends like you know like get make memories and stuff like that you know like make connections and things like that so definitely the camaraderie and just like jamie said like you know like it, hey we will find we'll find any way to make a situation fun even when it's the world's worst situation and things like that. and we've we had some stuff happened on the wasp like we've like we we've had We've had we've had sewage pipes break, and you know it's like okay, well I'm not Ooh. I'm not I'm not a damage control technician, but get, you know guess what I'm a, a I'm I'm an engineer I'm an electrician and stuff like that. Guess guess who's got to get a bucket and, and put on some gloves? <laughs> Brace the suck. <laughs> oh and, yeah, but we fought, but we fought. I remember like I like we um like there there been some times where like. It was some some serious grunt work, and we found a way to like make it fun. And our senior chief catches us and is like, "What are you guys doing? What are you, are you getting the job done?" And we're like, "Yes, senior chief." And he, he would like walk away. He's like, "If I come back and it's, it's not right, that's everybody." And um, yeah, there's there's so many memories and, and things like that. But you know, number one thing about the memories though, there's always there's always friends and comrades with you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's so that's so that's so sweet. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Well, what are some of the future plans for your podcast? You mentioned you might go on more about the the mental health issues that a lot of sailors deal with, but is there are there any other future episodes you'd like to talk about or future topics or anything? Yeah, so we just started season three and we're really excited. We had we we are um, doing more collaborations. So we had a sailor from actually Hermes Auslander from the Scuttlebutt podcast. He drew our cover art and he's an artist and, and a sailor. And um, then we have uh, some t-shirts that we're we're doing and another sailor makes t-shirts. So we're collaborating with him to to produce those t-shirts uh, for our merch. <laughs> and um, the the cool thing about season three that we want to bring to light is uh, highlighting and researching, maybe telling um, history or on the Navy trivia. So we just recently highlighted Dave Cooper, which is a Navy SEAL um, for SEAL Team 6, and kind of told his backstory before they went and attacked uh 
or uh, killed bin Laden. And so uh, we want to do that and bring that into the naval history. Like, there's so many different things that derive from the Navy, like a son of a gun or the whole, the nine, whole yards. nine yards. Mm-hmm. And those sayings actually come from the Navy. So we want to dig down and research those and really get those out there for common knowledge to our listeners. Yeah. And we're starting another a new series soon. Oh, it's that's called right. uh, The Charge of Leadership. Mm-hmm. about struggles with leadership, the the good things, the good, the bad things that come with uh, leading sailors or leading anybody, not just sailors, leading anybody. Cause uh, I plan on getting some, some other, hopefully get some other services besides Navy on just yeah. uh, to, to talk, to tell their story. A lot uh, of times people, um, they don't show it, but being a leader is hard and figuring out um, an admiral told me this one time that I worked for is sometimes it's figuring out where to poke the balloon so you get the least amount of impact. Huh. I like that that's, analogy. That's yeah, that's great. And you know, uh, in my opinion, good leaders could be in, uh, could be getting their part of my French ass chewed from the above, but as long, but their people don't know it. They never know it. And yeah. and there's a, I've had a lot of people like that. I know they were getting their getting the business above them, but we ne- I never knew it as a as a young young guy in the navy. So. I want to highlight people that I think represent that and let them tell their story. Uh, yeah. And we'll go from there. That's awesome. And so speaking of, of trivia, so the, would the highest rank for military, like would your biggest boss, that would be the president of the United States since he, she is the commander in chief. Yes. Technically. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And- so we've asked, um, you know, President Biden to come on the podcast. Yeah. We're still waiting. We're waiting on him. Awesome. I tweeted That would be awesome. <laughs> oh, man, that would be so cool. And so then after after the president of the United States, would it then be like the, the vice president would be the? I, well, so for the Navy, we so each branch has their own head. So, yeah, yeah. we all have the president, the vice sec- president, sec-def. and the secretary of defense, right? But then we have um, our sec, uh, CNO, Chief it's, of Naval sec, Operations. SECNAV first, right? Oh, Secretary of the Navy. Yeah. And then our CNO, Chief which of is Naval Chief Oper- of Naval Operations, which is uh, the highest enlisted. The highest no, the highest officer, officer in the Navy. In the Navy. Yeah. Wow. And then it goes down from there. Thank mm-hmm. God you didn't ask me that, Celeste, because uh, I am so far removed from that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you, when, did you, when did you get out, LeBron? Like 99? 98? 98, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's been a little while, huh? I I remember some I remember somebody named Rumsfeld. <laughs> oh, holy cow! <laughs> I've heard that name before. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Well, is there any trivia you'd like to share with with listeners? Like, what are some things people might be interested in knowing about so the this name? Is, this is one of the fun things that I like to share when I um, go out on my little recruiting adventures right but um you know tattoos are a big part of our culture in the navy because we actually came from pirates was so so we've carried that tattoo culture all the way down but one of the cool tattoos that um sailors used to like to get and and some of the newer sailors are getting it is a a pig on their foot and a rooster or a chicken on their other uh, ankle or foot and um and it basically is back in the days wooden ships right 
way back when they actually carried chickens and pigs and livestock in these crates. So when the ships would sink and they would break apart, the crates would float like in Madagascar. And so they didn't sink the chickens and the the roosters. So sailors, yeah, Yeah. they they believed if they uh, tattooed the pigs and rooster on each foot, then they could uh, not sink. Hmm. That's cool. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And yeah, I still, I see a lot of sailors through my career that had the tattoos. Yeah. And um, then uh, I'm going to say like some, something about there's a cock behind the knee. I don't know what that means, but yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, the animal, right? Yeah. 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 yeah the animal. <laughs> LeBron's, uh, his uh, head's in the gutter right now. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I didn't even think about that. Have you guys, have you guys listened to any episodes of the Crossroads podcast? You, you kind of know where I kind of go sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> have a boss rush after dark. I thought you and I were supposed to host the next one, Celeste. <laughs> Is that the raunchy old. one? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the one. <laughs> come on. We, we welcome any and all. If I can handle oh, we'll talk bad. some shit. <laughs> <laughs> if I can handle the Bad Bitches podcast, I can handle anything <laughs> but, um, how can people support you do you have a patreon is there or do you have any anything else another way that people can support you i don't have it we don't have a patreon because i'm like look i, I can barely get i wouldn't want to pay to see me so why would i ask other people <laughs> why would we make other people, people pay to watch us or hear us but uh we do have sailor swagger yeah, sailorswagger.com. Those are our t-shirts, our merch. Yep. Um, yes, I saw that. And, yeah. So... And we have, uh, the, you know, everything that you buy or every shirt you buy, we donate a shirt to um, the Chaplain Corps. So we have some hold fast shirts yep. that we actually donate out um, so that you can, you know, just remind a sailor like, hey, hold fast. Right. So uh, the whole fa- on the whole fast initiative, you let you hit us up on our, on our, uh, our Facebook. Mm-hmm. And like, I would like a shirt, give us an address. It's $30 with including shipping $30 per shirt. And we, you get your shirt that we donate a shirt to the chaplain Corps so they can get, make sure some sailors out to sea get a, get a whole fast shirt. Cause you know, it's been Just hard with this COVID. Yeah. It's been hard, man. These, yeah. these guys are getting quarantined from their families prior to deploying. So they quarantine their families two weeks prior to deploying for six months at and least. Wrong so, back. And, and then when they get back, they got a ROM sometimes for 14 days before they see their family. So there's a lot of, a lot of sailors out there that's getting put through the ringer that's deploying and it's, it's sad, but I get, it's necessary to, to continue, to continue, uh, the mission, but it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that people are suffering to keep Americans safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's still yeah. A heavy load. Yeah, it's it's crazy because like the resiliency episode you guys had with Command Master Chief uh, Gonzalez, like like yeah. y'all y'all hit the nail on the head about all that stuff dealing with COVID and things, and you know still still having to come in do the job, you know like make sure it gets done, you know things like that, you know make sure make sure home and country stays safe, and you know make sure make sure the mission you know is on point. No, uh, yeah, that was that was a one that was a wonderful episode of that that I did. Oh, he, he was He's great. So he was great. Yeah. He, he made me want to go fight Al Qaeda, man. I mean, he made me want to fight Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I mean, dude. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could be my. He's like my sea daddy now. I want that dude is like legit. Yeah, I, 
I, I, I, yeah, I wish that man the best. God, he, he's only been there maybe a couple years longer than me. Yeah. Six yeah, fleet. Yeah, he's six fleet CMC. That's mm. ridiculous. That's a big deal. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share either about the Navy or the E14 podcast or, or yourselves? Um, well, you can share where we they could uh, find us on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Twitter at E14 podcast. No, just E14 podcast on Facebook. Uh, E14. It's E-TAC. E-TAC 14. Or E-14. E-TAC or dash 14, like the rank podcast. podcast. And Instagram is E14 podcast. Uh, hit us up uh, if you know we we're we're looking for ideas. Uh, let us mm-hmm. know if we can if we can if anybody wants to be wants to talk to us. Let us know. Yeah, we we don't we don't really shoot down anybody. No, no, we'll pretty much take all comers as long as we can fit in our schedule. We uh we're we're up to talk to anybody, so if, especially if you got a good story to tell. And if us, we could stop it. falling and getting concussions and <laughs> stitches yeah. and yeah, that'd be even better. But I'll do it crippled. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, the day after. The day after I got out of the hospital for a stroke, for we did a stroke, we yeah. did a daggum, we did a recording episode. That is, yeah, I don't give a shit. That's, <laughs> it don't take me no energy to sit here and talk. I mean, that's easy. That's awesome. Th- yeah. Thank you both, Jamie and Heath and and Laron for being yeah. on this episode of One V One. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love these. They the time flies by. They're fun. It does. I, I love getting to know people better. And since you're in Louisiana, let me know if you're ever in my area or if I'm ever in your area. Let us know. Hit us up. I, 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 t- I tell you what, like, it looks like I'm going to have to hit you guys up while I'm on my way to go see Celeste. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Definitely. Well, I'll just go to New Orleans and there hang you out. There go. We'll hang out. Oh, and LeBron, yeah. I'll be in, I'm actually, I'll be in, uh, in Portsmouth uh, next month for, oh, cool. for a month. So may I hit yeah. you up, man? We can. Oh yeah, yeah. Hang out. yeah I got a I got a buddy station at the uh, Coast Guard station out there too. So okay. yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I, I guess I'm actually going to a TBI clinic out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I'll be out there for a week. I mean for a month. That's a traumatic brain injury. Yeah, TBI. I don't know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, that's the one thing I never I I, did, I never forgot any of the acronyms or any yeah. of the stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have to be careful because we speak in acronyms all the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. That's so. understandable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's easier. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, yeah. I accidentally told my mom one time because she was, at, she was asking like what was going on. And I was like, I was like, I was like, don't, don't worry about it. We're Oscar Mike right now. And she's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, that's short for we're on the move. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? It's a, it's a, it's a Charlie Foxtrot. <laughs> 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 That's uh, I love it. Hey, but thanks for reaching out, Celeste. I, I appreciate oh, it, man. man. It's been fun. Such a great it's no problem. And what about what about you, Laron? Where can people find you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, yeah, you can find me on social media, Exodus803, E-X-O-D-U-S 803. Uh, there's my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Exodus803, where Tuesday nights I'm I'm hosting the uh, Crossroads podcast for Boss Rush Games. And then um, also uh also yeah, like that's my gamer tag and all that stuff. So yeah, like you look EXODUS803 up and you'll you will you will find me. Very oh, nice. cool. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at FairyCrypt. I have the 1v1 podcast and I'm also with Talk the Walk with our own Eddie V, where we talk about walking simulators, one of my favorite game genres. So thank you all so much for listening. Please check out Boss Rush Games, where we have a network of different shows. 
And thank you all so much for being here. We'll talk to My you later. My pleasure. Bye-bye. All right.